This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you'd like to support the work God is doing through us, go to our website, devotional.online, or click the link in the episode description below. Now here is your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Stitchin, and with me today is Kristen Ann Ware. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, I uh, I had asked you to be on the podcast. Um, I We had kind of talked about this a little before, but I heard you on another podcast called Faith in the Zone, mm-hmm. and um, you kind of, kind of told your testimony on there. Um, so I, I was kind of excited that, you know, you had, uh, agreed to come on our podcast, but, um, I think you have an amazing testimony uh, and I look forward to get into it. But then, like I, like we had talked about before, I, I saw that you were friends with <laughs> Pastor Perry Noble. Uh, have you, have you been down, um, in, you know, what that, that area uh, for a while? You know, do you? Yeah, well, so with Perry Noble, um, he... He got in touch with me um, when I left cheerleading, and it okay. was amazing to have someone encourage me along the way when I had just left this, you know, huge organization like the NFL. Um, and it was because of him that I got baptized. So I just I adore Perry Noble. Um, everything that he's gone through is a walking testimony in itself. He's such a real guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just brought me under his wing and I was with him, um, just when it was, you know, just the 10 of us at the beginning of second chance church. And I was so honored and thankful to be just in, you know, his living room in an office space with mm-hmm. just him on his phone, starting up this new church called second chance. And I loved being there and encouraging him along the way. He, He's an amazing guy, amazing pastor, and God's not finished with him. And I love how he's reaching so many more people who, you know, have been rejected in life and who weren't always the popular ones, you know, the outcasts. And he's reaching the least of these. And I think that's what really matters more in today's church society. So yeah. he's amazing. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love that, uh, you know, his his church is called Second Chance because we all have a, we all have a second chance. And, and you know, even, you know, I, I got saved when I was 14. You know, I haven't done it right. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I, none went of the, us have. <laughs> I went to Bible college and I haven't I haven't done it right. Um, so uh, you, you had mentioned that you were, you know, an NFL cheerleader. Uh, if we're yeah. going to back up, what what has you know what is what where did your christian faith start did you grow up a christian uh, i is did your, is your family in church? yeah yes i grew up you know a christian going to church um every sunday and <laughs> i remember growing up well we moved about every three years growing up because my parents were military but every time I went to a church, it, you know, when they, they wanted to call people up to get baptized, I would always just shrink <laughs> in my chair. You know, mm-hmm. I just like there was something that was in the making in my heart. And I felt the Holy Spirit like calling me. But for some reason, I just never walked up. Um, you know, there there were times when like I was being nudged, you know, by my yeah. parents to go. And then there were other times where I saw you know, teenagers, like, you know, my age going up there and getting baptized in, you know, God used it. I'm not going to say that, like, it wasn't my time because there's never a wrong time to, to meet God, mm-hmm. you know, but, but for me, God had this special moment waiting for me. And if it had happened any other way, I wouldn't have the testimony that I have today. So I'm thankful for that he began a good work and that he's not finished yet. And ever since the timid little girl kept scratching down in her little chair, like I still did that the day that I got baptized when I was listening to Perry Noble preach. And he said, come on up, come on up, come on up. And and the song lasted for what felt like forever. (laughs) Um, 
you know, and I was crying and I was like, just complete disobedience with God. Like, no, I'm not courageous enough. I'm not ready yet. Like my life isn't what it should be in order for me to get baptized. And I had the wrong idea of what it meant basically. Mm -hmm. And, and we were about to leave and I had my handle, uh, my hand on the door leaving the church. And, um, one of the guys came on the stage. He was like, whoa, 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 wait, nobody leave yet. Nobody leave yet. There's a girl in here who was meant to get baptized and she was too afraid, but you're here today and you got to come forward. You got to come up. And I just knew it was me. I fell to my knees and my mom was like, you can't ignore God anymore. It's, it's time. And in my leather pants and red <laughs> lipstick and not waterproof mascara, you know, because I was on my way. And I think I'm jumping around a little bit, but I was on my way to have my interview in Miami for my third year as a Miami Dolphins cheerleader. Okay. So um, I had to always look the part as a cheerleader, and I'm sure we'll get into that more later. But that's why I was all dressed up with my mm -hmm. hair curled and red lipstick and all that. And um, I walked on the stage and I said, I, I believe you're referring to me. <laughs> and so the church walked me to a YMCA pool and I got baptized. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So um, when you when you had mentioned that you are, you know, um, you, you said you were an NFL cheerleader. How did you mm -hmm. how did you go from like high school to there? Um, you know, was there was there hurdles along the way? There was there things that you did along the way uh, that right. get you there? Yeah, so I grew up an athlete, um, and I was that kid that, like, had so much energy that my mom was like, okay, I need to get rid of it for, like, an hour. <laughs> and so she started me in dance class um, when I turned three. So I've been dancing since I was three, and hip-hop was my specialty. Mm. You know, ballet was way too slow-paced, and those ballerinas, like, kudos, because I don't know how you do it. Like, you're so talented. Um, I, unfortunately, needed something that like just really released all the energy that I had. And so I grew up dancing and then I started cheerleading in middle school and I took gymnastics, but I was always on a dance team. And then in college, I actually got a softball scholarship for uh, Columbia College in South Carolina. And I turned that down after touring the university because I wanted to continue to dance. Mm. So mm -hmm. So I was a cheerleader and a dancer um, at Lander University in South Carolina, and I did that for a year, and then I transferred to University of South Carolina, and I was going to try out for their dance team. And then I got there, and it, it was the morning of auditions, and I was looking in the mirror, and I just started crying. I don't know what came over me, but I was scared. I felt not good enough. I didn't have faith that I would make it and I never showed up to auditions mm -hmm. so I I kind of skipped you know the, the college dance life and then right when I graduated I went straight to the NFL <laughs> so I kind of missed a step there <laughs> but it all worked out <laughs> well, how did you how did you you know find out about you know the NFL what what is there anything that pushed you there you know over not doing it in college well I do know that I always wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than me, mm -hmm. but a team that would make a difference. You know, I wanted a challenge. I wanted to always grow and get out of my comfort zone. And I had some pretty toxic people in my life and I had an ex, well now an ex-boyfriend, you know, that I had in college mm -hmm. and you know, he would say things that like I wasn't a good dancer and that I would never make it to be a professional dancer. Mm -hmm. And, and then I kind of got parroting like that parrot syndrome, you know, where yeah. you kind of repeat the opinions that others have of you. And, and I let it get to me, um, you know, when I was younger, but I also grew up in the military. So I was in a recruiting office, uh, getting ready to join the Navy or the Coast Guard. Once I graduated college, I was going to go to OCS. And I was sitting in the recruiting office and I just like got this feeling over me. And it was just this question of like, who am I doing this for? You know, like, am I trying to please my dad or um, am I just trying to make my family proud and just follow suit, you know, and, yeah. or, you know, what's, what's my own identity or 
do, am I allowed to be an individual, you know, and still receive love? And so, um, I never been to an NFL game. I know my dad auditioned. He tried out for the Dallas Cowboys, um, when he was in his twenties and he blew out his knee. And so like that ended his career, um, as far as football goes. But I, I knew, um, that I loved dance. And I also knew that cheerleading, um, the highest form you can get is the NFL, you know, like that's like the highest challenge as far as cheerleading goes. And so I just wanted to go after something and I, I booked a hotel room in Miami. I was either going to try out for the Cowboys or the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I chose Miami Dolphins because I got my degree in marine science. Oh. And so I wanted to be near the coast and try to have both dreams come yeah. true. Well, that's um, smart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I hear the weather's nice in Florida too most of the time. Oh. Yeah, and at least I chose, like, a fish, you know, like, <laughs> um, and I didn't tell anybody. It, I I just wanted to go and try it myself, so that that's really how it went. I, I remember YouTubing all the girls that were on the Dolphins, and I was like, oh, definitely not going to make it, not going to tell anybody, so that I won't be embarrassed when I come back to South Carolina, uh, so I just kept it a secret, um, and then a small town girl like me made the team and I'm shocked to this day, <laughs> but it has a good story. <laughs> and, and how old were you when, when you were, you know, going through that? I went when I graduated college. So I was 23, 23. And where, yeah. where would you say your faith was along the way there, you know, through college, you know, coming out of high school, you know? Yeah, it was, it was strong. You know, I've, I've, um, I, how would I say it's like you you know the type like kind of like the person that people think has it all together but you really don't mm-hmm. you know and yeah and like I'm I'm waiting to give myself away you know until marriage and I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until I was 21 and so from the outside you know, looking in, since that's what people normally look at is like surface level, it seemed as though like my faith was super strong, Mm -hmm. Um, which I didn't even realize what faith truly was until I was a cheerleader. And I dealt with what I dealt with while Mm -hmm. cheering. And so all along, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian, like I have faith, this and that. But then I learned the difference between believing in God and walking with God and then believing in God versus believing God, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I can, I can believe in God, but not believe in the words that is written, you know, and I can believe in God, but not truly walk as a Christian, you know, or like full surrender. And so i um, always believed in him, but my faith like has grown tremendously deeper because of the tragedies that mm-hmm. I had to go through. And it doesn't mean you have to mess up your life or make a million mistakes in order for him to meet you where you're at. It just means that I was chasing something other than him. Um, but through all of that, I learned what, you know, the real meaning of faith. Mm-hmm. So I'm you, thankful for it all. <laughs> yeah. As you know, as a youth pastor and have worked at, you know, youth for my entire life for the most part, you know, I can see that people, when it clicks in someone's head, especially, you know, as they're growing up and, and, you know, you, you have that full knowledge, you understand everything you believe, you know, in God, but you haven't totally taken on, you know, his, his joke, as he would say, you know, you haven't, you haven't actually decided that, you know, he is, is fully trustworthy. You can go through all the motions. You can believe and be unbelievably happy with God and, and, and whatever, but there is something that definitely clicks um, at some point in somebody's life. Um, and that is such a, such a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. So, so it is beautiful. you make the team and um, what, what hap- what kind of happens from there? How, what happens to your life? Um, what do you, what do you kind of, go through you know in those next couple years yeah so I made the team and I was shocked they had to call my name like three times to go on stage because I was like there's no way that that (laughs) but you know like there's somebody else with your name you think yeah like somebody took my identity um and and I thought it was so cool because I I didn't believe in myself you know like I 
some people can look at it and be like, well, no, that's courageous. Like you left your small town in South Carolina and went to Miami. Like what a culture shock. And you, you did it alone. And people have like, I've heard that before, but for me, like moving around every three years mm-hmm. um, and kind of being raised by one parent at a time due to deployments and TDYs and things like that, like I was pretty independent. And so for me doing something like that didn't, didn't seem so courageous. Um, but you know, I'm not going to belittle it, you know, maybe it is. Um, but I, I only had, I believe like 48 hours to return back to Miami because we started boot camp right away, which oh, is wow. last for three months. So I had the 10 hour drive back to South Carolina. I packed a suitcase <laughs> and then, which by the way, my dog Bailey pooped in my suitcase <laughs> like he got like he just knew I was leaving and like that was like his kind of will shove you yeah. you know like yeah. so he pooped in my suitcase so that took forever but I went back and honestly like I spent all of my savings on a hotel room like night after night um mm. it was so hectic you know I just you get this adrenaline rush, like, whoa, I just made a team and I like competed against thousands of other people. And like, how did, you know, like you're still so oblivious to what's actually happening in front of you because you're just so excited about this new adventure. And I spent all my money, you know, in a hotel room. And then I finally found a roommate on Craigslist, like maybe a few months later. Um, but, but it was hard, you know, I definitely, um, got into a season of comparison, you know, um, the competition is heavy. Even Mm -hmm. when you make the team, it is this spirit of, um, comparison within a team. They're always like having you compete against another girl to earn your spot or group versus group. Um, whose kick is higher. Who's going to remain on the team. You know, there, you can be eliminated at any time. Oh, wow. So you're really kept on your toes and, your stress levels are through the roof. Um, you're constantly afraid of losing your position and you've worked so hard and you just hope that they see something in you, even on days that you don't believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and they did see something in me, you know, and that's why I made the team, even though I didn't see it in myself yet. Um, but there were a lot of challenges along the way. Again, I, I hadn't done my research on the NFL. I didn't know anything about NFL cheerleaders. This was all new to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was really nothing that I can compare it to except for what I was seeing with my own eyes. And there was a few times that, you know, I saw something or heard something that seemed like a red flag to me. But then again, I was like, well, this is the NFL, you know, like I'm, I'm safe. Like I'm totally safe. They're the biggest organization in the world. Like, you know, they just want to bring out the best in us is what I kept telling myself um, in my first year. Um, but it were it was things like, you know, you're you're here to be seen, not heard. Mm. Um, do not open your mouth unless you're saying yes, ma'am. Um, there's no talking whatsoever. Like you like just zero talking. Um, when somebody asks you to do something, you say yes, ma'am. Um, no arguing, no asking for water, like nothing like that. Um, and then when a woman would bring up a concern, um, it was things like, well, you know, there's a hundred women out there who would take your job for free. So just be thankful. And, you know, and I started, um, in my second year, I started seeing a little bit of like manipulation Mm -hmm. happening and very controlled, um, uh, a lot of control has taken place. Yeah. Is this a year round like job or is there like an it off is, season just like the NFL? It's year to year. So okay. um, you're on contract for a year and then you always have to re-audition. So like I said, you're never guaranteed a spot, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to re-audition every year and you have to go through the interview process all over again. And, and you know, all the steps, just like a new rookie coming in would have to take. So you definitely want to continue to grow and get better. And your job in the entertainment business solely depends on their opinion of you, Mm -hmm. which which is totally contradicting to the Christian faith. Right. Because our identity is within Christ. And but then to be in a business where like I, I have to be concerned about what other people think. 
you know, for mm-hmm. my career, it, it was hard, you know, and like I said, like a lot of lessons and challenges took place. Um, but it wasn't until my third year where everything did a 180 and, and it got pretty hostile on the team. Do you mind sharing a little bit of what happened? How, how did yeah. that go? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I went to South Carolina and I got baptized unexpectedly mm-hmm. <laughs> after Perry Noble preached that Sunday. And then I was on my way back to Miami for my third year interview to re-audition. Um, and I sat down in the interview room and I had my director and I think three other coaches that were in the room with me. And the first thing she says is, you know, let, let's talk about the fact that you're a virgin waiting for marriage. And I was pretty off put, you know, I was kind of surprised, but I'm the type of girl that like, I have relentless amount of hope and, mm-hmm. and people. And I always, I want to see the good so bad that sometimes I stay in a toxic position for too long oh. because does that make sense? Like I'm trying to be like, no, you're, there's something good. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to fix it. Your 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 hope. There's the hope that something's going to go. You know, which is part of our Christian experience is that we we have hope that things will change. Um, you know, and that we can be a positive influence. Um, right. But I I think we've all been there before, and 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 in waiting for something to change, it's just it's just gotten us more and more down. Now, how how did they know that about you? Is that something that you? said you know told other people was that a public thing you know yeah so how I had just gotten baptized so I had posted on my Twitter and Instagram a picture of me getting baptized Mm -hmm. and um and that's what the coach approached me saying hey we saw that you got baptized and I was like yeah I did and I was like full of joy and like I was like so excited and then she mentions mentions um me waiting for marriage and I said I asked her I said well like, how do you know this? Or, you know, what is this about? I literally, in my mind, was thinking they're going to ask me to start speaking at churches. Like, mm. that's literally yeah. my hope in my heart. I was like, oh, my gosh, because I was already kind of like the spokeswoman on our military tours. Like, I was the MC. I was always on the mic. I did a lot of interviews for Dolphins. Like, I wasn't much of a calendar, like, um, picture girl for them. Mm-hmm. I was more of, like, the people person. So, you know, talking with people, interviews, things like that. So I was literally thinking like, oh my gosh, you're going to like send me to schools and stuff. And I was like so excited and it turned south really quick. (laughs) But, um, so I asked, you know, how they know. And, and she said, everyone's talking about it. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's so weird. Like, what do you mean? And she said, well, you know, the girls on the team. And I was like, oh, well that makes sense. Um, it had stemmed from, we had a girls night when we were in London and the girls were talking about their sex playlist and I wasn't answering the questions right because I don't have yeah. one. But then one of the camera guys who like I'm really close friends with, he was like, this is the first time I haven't heard, you know, Kristen talk. And I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Like, I, I'm just like taking notes on the songs that you guys say. Um, and they're like, no, tell us what's on your playlist. And and that was like the moment that I had to press pause because. I could either, you know, fit in mm-hmm. and make it up, you know, or I can um, kind of tell the truth, scared, but just still do it anyway and just kind of take what comes with that. Um, and I couldn't, like, deny who Christ was in my life. So um, I, I spoke, you know, the truth for my personal life. And I said, well, you know, for me personally, like, I'm just waiting for marriage. But if I had a sex playlist, I would choose, you know, and I started listing like Sam Hunt, Chase Rice, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, you know, just country songs because like, I'm, I don't judge like anyone else's actions. Like I'm very easygoing and I wanted to partake in the conversation and still like just be personal about it. Um, so that was my answer and that's how I handled it. Mm-hmm. And it felt fine at the time, but then the girls, you know, started spreading it talking about it not all the girls but just a few and um that's I guess how it got back to my director and um so I was like okay well you know I'm not the one talking about it I'm I can't help what other people do but as much as like the girls you know know about me like 
the camera guys and everyone else on the bus knows about them, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. how many men they've slept with and, and all that. Um, and so I don't really see the difference here. And they said, you know, you need to learn how to find a switch. You cannot be who you really are while you're on this team. And we're just trying to help you develop into a real woman. Um, I then like throughout that year, they said that they needed to hire a babysitter for me, that I was still a child. Um, Then they said that I wasn't allowed to say God in any of my interviews or give glory to God or mention Jesus Christ on my social media page. And it just started going downhill where like, now there wasn't enough room for me and God on that team mm-hmm. anymore. And they slowly took me off of their social media platform. And there were fans like twittering, you know, me saying like, Hey, like, like, where are you at? Like, are you still on the team? Like what's going on? You know? And there's so many like in and outs that started to happen. And it wasn't until um, my director like tugged me at a fashion show and um, pulled me down some stairs by my swimsuit on my shoulders. And so once it got physical was when I finally went to HR Hmm. and, um, things just didn't get better. It remained hostile. Um, and it was just unfortunate, you know, that it had to happen that way, but it was clear that, um, they, they did not want my faith to be a part of me being a cheerleader. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what it turned into. And that was like the hardest role that I ever had to play was being this shiny, impressive, you know, put together cheerleader when my heart was breaking. Mm. Um, I felt like, like I, I had to choose, but I wanted both, (laughs) you know, and, but the, the minute that respecting my authority turned into disrespecting God and denying him you know, was the moment that I had to walk away. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so hard for me. It was one of the hardest decisions that I ever had to make because I worked so hard to be a cheerleader and it's, I, I'm willing to sacrifice anything for God. Um, but when you're in the face of it and the thick of it, you're like, well, God, like, why can't I have both? <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. You know, we, God, God's ways are not our ways. We, we lay out a roadmap, you know, and go, okay, God, I want to get to, you know, whatever road, you know, oh, I want to, you know, I want to go here and this is how we should get there. And when God doesn't you know, do that, we, we can get disappointed or we can, you know, start to believe that, wait a minute, God does have the best thing in mind. Um, and you know, he's going to take us in, in the right path, but it, it, it really does hurt. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been there before. I, I've, I've seen it happen, uh, in other people's lives. You know, I, yeah. I, I found it very interesting that you said that you can't, couldn't say God or, or they would not let you, but like NFL players you know, exactly. <laughs> seem to thank God all the time. Exactly. Um, like such a, such a double standard there. It's a huge double standard and it's gender discrimination. Um, you know, which is what the lawsuit turned into. But, you know, you, you have um, NFL football players able to um, mention their faith on any social media platform, on mm-hmm. live television. They can display it on the football field. They can display any type of belief they have on the football field, mm-hmm. whether it's kneeling for a political service or kneeling to pray to God. Um, it's all acceptable in mm-hmm. the NFL. But me, a cheerleader, a woman, I was silenced and I was not allowed to do anything except smile Mm. and show up as this perfect, pretty picture, you know, and they would threaten and they would say that all we need is another pretty face, you know? So be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. Like we gave you this opportunity. And so they kind of manipulate the system, Mm -hmm. kind of twisting it to be like, you owe us everything because we've given you this opportunity. And there came a point in time where it's like, even though I didn't know why, I knew that something was wrong and the position that I took, it wasn't popular. It Mm -hmm. wasn't impressive. Um, In fact, I lost a lot of people that I thought were my friends in the NFL when I spoke out. Um, 
but speaking out was unexpected too. You know, we were on contract. We weren't allowed to share our experiences of what we went through in NFL cheerleading. And when I left, I was so broken um, and so silenced. I was afraid now that even a state away back in South Carolina, I was afraid to say God mm-hmm. because I, and I knew I was like, no, this isn't right. Like God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but I'm trembling mm-hmm. and I'm a state away from them. Um, and it just goes to show you the type of control that they have over these young women. And so me being in that much amount of pain and, you know, major depression and all that, that I went through, God, used my pain and was able to turn it into this beautiful creative purpose. And I started painting canvases and I started writing poetry and, you know, from being a girl who forgot how to use her voice because I was only supposed to be seen and not heard. And I was only supposed to say, yes, ma'am. And and all of the scripts that I was given of what I can say and what I couldn't say, you know, I grabbed a pen and a notebook and, it felt safe because the paper couldn't yell at me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the pages couldn't call me names and they weren't going to judge me. And so writing became my outlet of how to actually talk about what I'm going through and what I'm feeling. And then I started a blog. It's called Cheering for God. And it just was me kind of coming out to the world saying, like, a lot of you know me as an NFL cheerleader, but. I want to be a cheerleader for Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and I want to make it to where I'm not against the NFL. Like I'm pro cheerleading. I'm pro dance. I am for the NFL. I just want to make it a better, more equal place for the next girl that comes. And it was about eight months after I walked away from the team and turned in my uniform that I met a lawyer by the name of Sarah Blackwell. And she was a Christian and I just kind of like word vomited everything that I had (laughs) gone through. (laughs) And I told her like, you know, what had happened and really it came out in the form of tears. Um, and she was like, you have an opportunity to make a difference, you know, and are, are you willing to speak out? And I was like, sure, you know, I'll speak out. And so we were on an interview with New York times and she had asked me or they had asked me how many, years it's been since I left NFL cheerleading and I was like oh no it hasn't even been a year yet and Sarah goes wait what she was (laughs) like I thought you were ancient she was like we need to hang up the phone and like recollect and gather again and I didn't know what that meant but she had said that we could file for a lawsuit and that by doing that we may be more heard Mm -hmm. and I said oh I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Like, I, I, I don't know if the world would see that as hate and revenge or if they would actually see it as love. And am I fighting for something that's even a purpose? Like, you know, like I was very confused, very conflicted. And she gave me three days uh, to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember went going to the beach and you know how you go to church most of the time for me and the pastor speaks. And it just goes right into your heart. Yeah. And and he's like, I didn't even know what to speak on today, but the Lord gave me this. And then he just freaking miraculously like cures you. Yeah. Well, I was like, God, I need you to send me something <laughs> like I need to know. You were to you do. were asking for that going in, you're saying. Yes, I was <laughs> desperate. And and I was like like doing the whole like skimming through the devotion and then landing on a page and then hoping that it would be my answer, you know, like things like that and and it just wasn't working. Um, and so I remember being on the beach and just desperately praying, um, you know, God, like, I really need you to come to life um, for me in this moment. Um, I know you ask us to take leaps of faith, but I need to know that I'm not being disobedient this time. Um, like, I want to be fully obedient and I want to follow the call of the spirit. And so I closed my eyes. and I kind of started just slowly turning pages in my Bible and I landed on a page that felt like where I was supposed to be. And I remember like running my hands across the pages and you know, the waves are crashing and the wind is <laughs> blowing and I'm running the pages and they're trying to flip, but I'm trying to hold it in place. And then I put my index finger 
of where I thought it should go. And then I opened my eyes and it was on Esther 414. Mm. And I hadn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like an avid Bible reader, to be honest. Like I cheered more than I read my Bible. Cheerleading was my life. Um, and, and it had become my identity. Um, and that uniform meant more to me than what it should have as a Christian. But I, I don't regret that process because it led me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. But reading Esther 414, like I got chills all down my body and I just knew that God was asking me to finally use my voice, you know, at such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And so I called Sarah and I said, under one condition, I will speak out about this. And she was like, what's that? And I said, it absolutely cannot be about money. Like, like we cannot accept any money through this process. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be about love and hope and trying to make a difference for the young women. It's going to, you know, look something so different than that. Mm -hmm. And she said, I was hoping you would say that. (laughs) So we were on the same page. Um, and it was, it was beautiful. Um, I spoke out, I did exactly what I felt like the Lord was leading me to do, which was just tell your story, speak in hopes of the future, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're expecting for things to change. And, and, you know, that's all that he really asked me to do was just to use my voice to, to be honest and vulnerable. And so I went from not being allowed to say the word God on a team of 30 girls to sharing my testimony to millions of people Mm -hmm. that reached all over the world, even to places like Afghanistan and countries that I didn't even know existed. And (laughs) this couple, and I don't even know where I can't even pronounce it. They DM'd me on Instagram saying, we just saw your interview in a hospital and you came on the TV and you shared your testimony about Esther 414. And we were supposed to have twins today, but one didn't make it. Mm. But the, it, they're supposed to be girl boy twins, but the girl survived and we named her Esther. Hmm. And wow, that's beautiful. It is. And it makes me fear even to this day because it just shows me that, like, God somehow is using the worst thing that I thought could ever happen to me and He's turning it into one of the best things, you know, and He's continuing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was beautiful to speak out and, and, of course, everyone's going to have their opinion um, about the lawsuit, but we tried to settle for $1 with Roger Goodell. <laughs> we tried to settle for $1 for a good faith meeting um, to talk about where we believe the direction of NFL culture um, should go as mm-hmm. far as cheerleading and women um, and the misogamy and all, all that stuff. And he declined, you know, he didn't meet with us. Mm. And, um, it came to a point in time where, um, I had to ask myself, you know, why, why am I still in this lawsuit? You know, like God didn't say, go do this lawsuit and take home a blank check. He didn't say, go through with this lawsuit and win. He didn't say, go through this lawsuit and take it to the courtroom. Mm -hmm. All he said was go forward and speak, you know? And so, I did that. And so I eventually dropped the lawsuit. Um, It was hard because, you know, in the physical eye, it looked like I had lost that I didn't make a difference, you know, that I didn't fight hard enough. Um, But I know in the spiritual realm, like things are moving and Mm -hmm. positive changes are being made in the NFL. And actually on the Miami Dolphins, um, there are now Christian cheerleaders, outspoken Christian cheerleaders who are able to do spoken word on their actual Miami Dolphin page in a live feed. Mm. So it is amazing. Um, that thing, I'll, I'll never get, you know, a thank you, but you're welcome. Um, you know, I, I'm never going to Not bitter, get, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to get the credit, but I knew that it wasn't about that. And I knew that I would never reap the benefits for myself because I can't be a cheerleader, mm-hmm. you know, for them anymore. So mm. it was always for her. It was always for the upcoming generation of making cheerleading be um, viewed as differently. Yeah. Well, Um, we know we know that we have eternal consequences, though, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything you did has an eternal consequence, you know, and and whether you you I know you weren't doing it for the thank you. I, I can tell by just you know, meeting you and talking to you now that you, you weren't doing it for that. Um, 
but you will be thanked, um, you know, um, on, you know, once, once we meet God, you know, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for each and every person that's listening, you know, and, and sometimes we may miss it. Sometimes we may miss the boat, but, uh, he will continually work with us. And, uh, I'm so just, just, you know, I, I, it makes me, it makes me feel, you know, just proud of my faith that that even people will stand up against what seems to be one of the biggest you know organizations in the in the world in in Mm -hmm. in the nfl especially here in america you know uh sundays are governed more by the nfl than by churches nowadays um right you know uh and and there's somebody that said hey look i'm gonna i'm gonna stand up like this this is just not fair because my god comes first and I love the analogy that you use that you felt like, you know, your identity was the uniform, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe that that God took a, a, a backseat because you were finding your identity in that now. Um, and we can do that with anything, you know, what it, whatever it is, if it's a relationship that you're in or your kids or whatever, you know, God needs to be God needs to be first. And, and we can definitely misplace that no matter no matter where we go. Um, oh, of course. And. So, and that is part of what I really want to speak out about, um, you know, one of these days. And sorry if I'm rusty about uh, my story. It's I okay. actually haven't talked about <laughs> it um, probably in over a year. That's okay. But but it, it was. It, it was grace before justice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Jesus was more important than being an NFL cheerleader. Where, um, yeah. That's oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, where has God transitioned to you now? You know, now that you are out of that 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 culture and and that lawsuit and everything else Mm -hmm. well now it's more about finding you know my voice um but having him kind of tell the story so that's why i have been working on a book and hopefully going to be able to create something where nfl cheerleaders can feel more safe and have equal rights um, as the football players do mm-hmm. and kind of creating, creating that, um, for women out there, which is so hard to do in book form because I'm so used to writing like these short blogs and then to like actually be facing pages. I'm like, Holy moly, this is hard, but it, but it is worth it. And it is something that I feel God leading me to do as hard and scary as it is. Um, but yeah, it's pretty amazing. That that is awesome. Where, where can we find your blog? I mean, website address or search. Oh, um, the blog is www.kristinann.com. Okay. And, yeah. And we can find you on I know Instagram under under the same name and uh, yes, we can Kristin.ann. Yeah. And, and we'll be able to get any information about you or anything else from from the blog or or, or from social media. Oh, of media. course and like ask me any questions i know like we like we've been talking for a while now and i feel like we only reached the surface of the things that were actually (laughs) you know going on in my heart and in my Mm -hmm. mind um because it is such a story that has depth to it um god did amazing things like throughout it um that we haven't even touched on yet Mm -hmm. so um well if you ever want to do a second episode i'm pretty sure we (laughs) We could could do that. Of course we can. Yeah, um, of course. So, yeah, but, you know, that that is amazing. I I appreciate um, just hearing your story in the sense that, you know, standing up for God is is just it's something that we don't we don't see that much anymore. And, you know, being told that we're wrong and and being pushed down um, is something that we all can kind of relate to in one way or another. Um, You know, I I've you know. I've been told many things and, and lost friends because of, you know, things in my faith or boldly proclaiming things that I believe about God and, um, you know, have lost many people, uh, you know, and, you know, just, you know, my grandfather is, you know, anti me being (laughs) a Christian by any means. And, you know, when I was, when I was going into, to Bible college, um, he looked at me and goes, oh, well now you could just steal money from people like, you know, and was just completely 100% against me going there. Um, you know, so wow. we, we've all have, have something, but to see somebody, you know, boldly take a stand against, you know, such a, such a big, you know, foe is, is mm-hmm. such, it's so encouraging just to me to say, you know, what am I doing? 
you're doing a lot. You're, you're collecting these amazing testimonies yeah. and spreading hope and light. And that that's what it's about. It's about reaching those who, who maybe feel lost right mm. now, you know, and you're doing amazing things. Well, thank you very much. And, and again, thank you uh, so much for, for coming on the podcast here and sharing. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. At, at Amazed by God, we like to just kind of end with two quick questions. Um, is there any Bible story, character, or verse um, that has touched you, you know, maybe that you didn't share, um, and a, a, a quick explanation of why? Hmm. Well, definitely just from specifically what we talked about today, Esther 414 uh, really stands out to me. Um, but the reason is, it, it is a Bible verse that I have learned um, to know that I guess is like, it's spread around a lot as mm -hmm. far as social media goes. Um, but the world needs more women like that more than ever. Um, women are being silenced all over the world, whether it's because of how you were raised as far as just being that submissive Christian girl that's always nice and doing the good right thing when when really there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Mm -hmm. You know, being nice sometimes can equivalent equivalent to being a pushover, whereas kind will stand up and kind will speak up and kind will, you know, fight for those who are voiceless and helpless, who have not yet learned how to fight for themselves. And it's fighting for good, um, using your voice in such a way as that, instead of like thinking that you have to be submissive when really like sometimes being submissive is like a lie mm -hmm. you know like if, if you have if you have the truth in you and it's time to speak up then staying quiet is not living as a victor it's not living for christ and and it's a it's hard to learn you know when you first speak up you, your voice kind of shakes you know <laughs> you may your emotions may take over your, your kneecaps and your you know you start mm -hmm. to sweat a little bit but we need more esters mm. um to start speaking up in, in love and hope and you, spread that like a wildfire. You, you know what I love about that passage that you often gets missed when it's just quoted. Mm -hmm. she, when she spoke up, when she decided to speak up, she was taking her life in her own hands. She could have easily been killed exactly. for speaking up. Like, you know, it, it's easy for me to put something on social media and somebody, you know, say some bad things about me um mm -hmm. you know which which happens you know and and yeah. and and sometimes it hurts you know but of course. you know but i'm I, i'm not going to be killed immediately for saying anything um and mm -hmm. that's that's you know I, I i hope nobody's in that situation but that's what true faith is true faith is even if even if you know, something bad's going to happen. I'm going to continue to speak up and speak out. So exactly. And, and there does come a point in time in your walk with God that your faith turns into something so solid. You, you start to speak up and you put your foot mm -hmm. down in such a position that is neither safe nor popular nor impressive, but you have to remain because God led you there. Yeah. And, and you know that at the end of the day, like, if God led you there, it's, it's for the kingdom. Absolutely. So you have nothing to worry about the darts mm -hmm. that are thrown, you know, that like God is working on your character and God shut the mouth of the lion and mm -hmm. the den with Daniel. But, and I love that story because while God was shutting the mouth of the lion, the people were still trying to bring down the reputation of Daniel. So people's mouths may not be closed. They're always going to be talking, but the mouth of the lion like is closed and you will be protected if mm -hmm. he led you there, no matter the reputation. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and always remember, you know, if Esther didn't speak up, we may not be here. You know, God would have brought up somebody else, but in the grand scheme of things, she saved the Jews, yes. you know, um, which led to, you know, the Messiah being born, you know, and now God would have used somebody else, but, but, you know, it's amazing. He, he used her, um, mm -hmm. you know, and the Bible uh, side tangent real quick. Uh, Cause I've had this happen a couple of times on my social media. Sorry. Um, the Bible <laughs> is, a, the Bible is a very pro woman book. Um, 
whether whether you read it now today and it looks antiquated, the Bible was always unbelievably pro-woman um, for the time period that it's in. It's always pulling women forward. Um, and and this is one of those examples where a woman saved uh, the whole nation. The whole thing that God was a linchpin on um, saved the whole nation. And um, I think one of the biggest biggest things I get is because I have a, a decent amount of women share their testimony is is a lot of non-Christians always saying stuff about how, you know, how can women actually believe that because the Bible hates women. And, and I, I'm sorry, when you when you really get into the Bible, it is unbelievably pro-woman uh, for its time period. It, it can't right, right, it, right. it can't jump from A to Z, you know, which is where we are now. But it has to go from A to B to C to D. And it mm-hmm. perpetually pulls women forward. And, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about the Bible, but completely gets lost when we don't understand the culture and the background. Right. No, Exactly. So is, we're all God's people. <laughs> absolutely. Is there is there any song um, that you would share with our listeners that we can go listen to on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube? Oh, I YouTube? love songs. Okay. <laughs> um, so right now on replay for me recently has been um, a song titled Give Me Faith. I personally like the Landon Austin version of that song. It's a little bit more acoustic. And I also like the song titled Better by Pat Barrett. Um, That one really speaks out to me because it does talk about how many opportunities can and doors can open by having just a pretty face, you know, and and having to play the part of perfection being a cheerleader. It's like Mm -hmm. there's endless doors that that come from that, but nothing is better than God. Um, And so having him and laying down my my uniform was was such the probably the best decision that i ever made even though it was the hardest so those two songs for me go take a listen <laughs> give, give them give them to us again so it's give me faith by landon austin and better by pat barrett all right well there you go again yeah <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast yes, and thank um you. And uh, so for Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library, uh, we will see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.